Welcome to Roadblock, or heart-to-heart conversations with yours truly, Nicolette Swaby, also known as Jay Roots. I look forward to our time together as we face our story in the glory. This afternoon inside of Roadblock, I have one of my very good friends, a sister minister, pastor. (laughs) I'm so excited um, to have her on call with us inside of our session. Isabel Chen. Hi, Isabel. How are you? Hi, Nicolette. I'm doing good. How are you? I am doing well. Uh, Today, we are talking about gems from my childhood. And uh, I know that you have a story to tell or story in the glory feature. When we look back on our childhood, we can see some good things and bad things. And we can say that a lot of those things actually molded us into the individuals we are today. Tell us about your childhood. Describe that for us. Wow, my whole childhood. (laughs) Well, basically, I'm the last of five children. Um... I was I wasn't well aware that I was um, less fortunate than everybody else until like about um, first form when I started going to a really 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 primitive high school, you know what, what Jamaicans call rich people school, mm-hmm. um, and then I started to realize that um, I couldn't afford. You know, the things that I saw my friends with, um, the backpacks, as simple as that, you know, um, the clothes, the shoes. I remember um, a couple of times, this was like a regular thing for me back in high school and earlier. Um, I just had one school shoe for the entire year, and I had to carry it. I had to keep it. But these school shoes, they, they would match up so often and, and they were so they were I, I couldn't tell that it was so cheap but it would match up really often they and destroyed like, for those who don't understand mashup <laughs> <laughs> oh they would be destroyed like just simple walking would destroy my school shoes and then I realized that um, when we went to buy shoes we couldn't afford the ones that would last longer so I was like, I, I would get very sad, and I would say, but what, how come we can't afford it? I mean, everybody else can, you know, I see, my, I, see, I see my classmates in different kind of shoes, and, you know, simple things like shoes, clothes, pencil cases, stuff like that, and I would get very um sad, and I could call it depressed, because it was like, everything now I could see it through oh my gosh I'm poor so um yeah that's that's basically what made me I feel like what made me a sadder child I know my 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 siblings would testify of this that I cried every day because there was something that I wanted that my parents said no because they they just simply couldn't afford it and I didn't understand why but um, like, 
I realized that it wasn't that serious. Like coming coming up to like my twenties and so I realized that it wasn't that much of a deal because hey, you know, I have I have more than what many, many people would like. I have a roof over my head, some people don't. You know, it's so easy to see what you don't have rather than what you do have sometimes when you're looking on and you're desiring more. But I just realized that it, it makes you so much happier when you just sit back and realize that, oh my goodness, I live with both my parents. Some people don't. I have siblings that are always there for me. Some people don't. You know, simple things that I do have and I can be grateful for it. And I believe that contentment too was something I learned how to embrace with my whole heart because it's, it's, so, it's so easy to, when you don't have food, you, you complain. When you don't have things, you complain. But what about just being okay? You know, you're not going to die. <laughs> you're not going to, to lose anything from who you are because of what you don't have. So being content with what God has made you to be, it makes you realize the big picture that God is God and whatever he allows, that's what that's what it is. And he's he knows what he's doing. So Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you know, something that you said that I want us to zoom in on, Isabel, is you 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 saw you had your experience in your family. You had your mommy, daddy, and your siblings. But you did not know that you were poor until you started uh, entertaining those who had more than you. Yeah. So that that's one of the things that kind of illuminated the 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 lack. Right, or right, magnified right. your discontentment. So you were yeah. just living your life. You were probably thinking, this is how everyone lives. Yeah. But then when you started seeing other children who they seemed more fortunate <laughs> than oh. you. And I, I, I have a similar uh, testimony like that when I look at my childhood you know you would talk about some things that you weren't identifying for example the fact that you had both your parents with you i was yeah. raised by my my aunt you know my my my, my guardian yeah. exactly and so a similar situation i mean i, I had my my parents but not 24 7 in those formative years where you know you're just finding herself finding your identity you know uh-huh. i i had my guardians with me who were just like mothers and fathers but okay, then when okay. i would go to school and then you would see your friends coming with their mothers or with their fathers. And you would like that too. You would have loved if your mother or your father was there. But I was content in, in the sense that at least I still had someone representing me. I had my, my stepfather or my aunt who was there. But I didn't yeah. see an issue with it until... 
I saw someone who had the opposite. And I think that that's one of the things that is causing a lot of the challenges because even though we're talking about gems from my childhood, these are issues that affect even adults and these are emotions that children take yeah, into adulthood. How yeah, is yeah. it that you were able to find peace and contentment in even experiencing poverty or seeing your friends who were supposedly living a better life than you? What made that peace a reality for you? Well, um, I was raised in the church um, for all my life. And this particular church, they, they kind of taught me who I was as in, I remember one early, early um, little gathering of some of the young people. I was sharing. I was about seven. And I was saying to my um, youth leader at the church, I was saying to her, you know, I know that I'm not of this world. And they used to always say this. I'm a pilgrim passing through. But miss, I know that I'm a pilgrim passing through. This world is not my home. And I always, like, every, every, a lot of moments, I would just think about that time. And I would say, you know, I've always known it. You know, whether it be my parents being the ones who taught me this or, you know, just me, like, realizing that, you know, I am a son of God and God is not of this world and I am not either. So it was like that, that, that I started, but now getting distracted by, you know, the stuff that I thought would make people better than me or the stuff that looked better than what I had and, and was more expensive. I started to value that as something to be desired. I started to envy it. But then, when I just came back to the reality where I started that, you know, it's not for me. It's not going to make me any better or any worse. You know, because me, I'm made up of nothing from this world as a Christian. You know, I have the Holy Spirit living in me. I have Jesus on the inside. At what age were you embracing that? About 14. Hallelujah. You know, <laughs> I, I, I'm so excited because that was the age when I um, made the decision that I wanted to serve the Lord at wow. age 14. I made that decision oh, yeah. on my own. And that was the turning point in my heart. You know, so 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 the, similarly, we, we, as you, all those things that I I desired, you know, and I, you would you would you saw your friends with their parents married. You would want your parents married. You would want to have these uh, glamorous things that you think every child should have. Those yeah. things were settled in my heart because I had given my my life to the Lord at that tender age, and I began to see yeah. things differently. 
so differently <laughs> when you're in the purpose of God when God when God is showing you who you really are that's what some people that, that's what some people with big houses and big cars and the biggest um, seats in the White House they don't realize their purpose for living that's why so many are committing suicide so many are you know just searching and longing and getting more rich and you know it, it's all a whole search for who who am I supposed to be? What 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 is this void that I'm always feeling? And God created it so that we would seek Him to fill it, fill that void that's in us. Because we all are searching for that peace that you were talking about. There's a peace that comes with knowing, hey. I have something to look forward to when this life is over. This, and this is not my everything here in this world. So I appreciate God for that. Amen. Me too, Isabel. And I think that, that that I would say is one of the biggest gems that I take from my childhood. The fact that we were raised in the church. We were raised, um, you know, to, to go to Sunday school for, from when I was a child we had to always go to Sunday school and we would learn about God. And it was that seed that was planted in my heart that, you know, grew to, until I made a decision that I wanted to serve the Lord. And that's what will bring that peace, even at a, at a young age. Yes, even if that child, you know, departs and start doing their yeah. thing, that seed is in that heart. And yeah. they will always remember all the things that they were taught at a young age and and yeah. thank god that for us with all the things that that we have experienced all the things that we have faced as a child in our teenage years because teenagers go yeah. through challenges too they have emotional oh, challenges yeah. and just like with an adult it takes god to bring them to a place of peace where they can be happy you know i don't regret anything that has ever happened in my life anybody would say if you could you know start over you know a lot of persons would say i would want to be in another family i'd want to have this or not i wouldn't choose anything different i would want the same thing the same family the same situations because those situations fortify me and and molded me into who I am today. Every experience, every situation. Would you say the same thing? Would you want to be poor if you could do it all over again? Yeah, yeah. Because I realized it it was only the the purpose I was for. It wasn't because God was hating on me. It's because He was just trying to teach my lesson, like any good father would. And you know, the funny thing is. Um, my, my, my natural father, he was a very good, like, um, picture of what God does. Um, he would withhold, um, like me going out with my friends because he was trying to teach me that one lesson that you don't always have to be in the crowd. You don't always have to be where everybody is and it's not good for you. So even now, I'm realizing God was just teaching me lessons. Like, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's not always okay for you to just have what everybody else is having because your mind is going to be the same as theirs, seeking for material things when the real, the real 
essence of what makes you strong, what makes you happy, it can't be found in any material thing. This has to be found in where your soul is secure, in the lover of your soul, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So I realized that God was just teaching me how to just to seek him for everything I need. And that's the key to life. Ooh. So I'm, yeah. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. That's just the truth, you know. And sometimes we we despise our parents because of the the boundaries that they may put up, but we don't realize that it's for our good. In Jamaica, oh, yeah. on when it's Christmas time, Christmas Eve in Jamaica, we usually have what is known as Grand Market, which is when everybody goes. Um, to market in the night <laughs> and it's just a time of what just you're just walking the streets shopping partying doing all these things and i remember as a child i did not like it because my cousins could go to grand market by themselves they could go and walk the streets with their friends and do what they wanted to do but every year i had to be there with my aunt so I was not going alone. And I used to hate it. I, I was like, why do I have to be with you? Why do I have to go with you? You know? Yeah, but yeah. when you look back and you see some of the things that young people got themselves involved in on that exactly. night, you want yeah. to thank God yeah. that he was protecting you. You know, a lot of times we think, oh, I need to experience this and I need to experience that. But thank God that he didn't allow you to experience some things. Thank God that he didn't allow you to be in some circles, in some friendships. Because you would be so messed up when we look at some friends today who are our age. And we see, you know, what has happened. God is able to save anyone. He's able to meet anyone. But we thank God that he, that was not our path. You know, right, thank right, God right. that he protected us and he, he kept us from experiencing certain things, you know, right. and, and we don't have to go through certain things to know that God is a keeper. I don't exactly. have to, to you know, been, have been the worst person in the world to know that God is a keeper. The mere fact that he exactly. kept me from the worst, I could say he is a keeper. Yes. And I think yes. even this month, the month of May being child's month, I think that this is good to even encourage our young people that you may be going through what you think is the worst of situations and you feel emotionally distressed. God is is able. He is protecting you. He is keeping you. And it's for you to, to come to that place in your own heart to say, thank you, Lord, for what you have allowed in my life, what you are doing in my life. I may not see it now, but you see beyond the no, and so I can trust you. What do you thank God for the most, Isabel, when you think of the gems from your childhood? I thank God the most for what he didn't allow me to experience and just for protecting me from the unseen. I guess that's one in the same because there's so many things, like so many kidnappings, so many, you know, just just people going off the chain, just people can't find in their way out of uh, depression and all of that. And when 
as you were saying, when I see some of my friends today, and some of them grew up in the, in, in the same church setting I did, but they didn't, they didn't see the purpose of not having while they were young, but God allowed me to see that. And I believe that that's something God did for me to get those souls, you know, those souls that want this world, but they were, they were guarded by it in their childhood and they're just eager to go after it. I believe God, God preserved me and let me see how happy he can make me for somebody else to receive from my testimony. And that's, that's the, the richest blessing ever to get a soul to see their God. Amen. And I must just say that you are gearing up one more week until you are Mrs. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to be married. <laughs> Congratulations, ma'am. And Thank you. We pray that it will be a wonderful wedding day and beyond a wonderful marriage. Oh, I know it will. I know it will. You see Thank all you these things. Okay. <laughs> Excitement, excitement, excitement. So God is able to keep, he's able to to, to um, write our stories. And I think that's the greatest um, thing ever. We are going to continue with this for the month of May just to encourage our young people because you mentioned another topic on suicide. And oh, we have yeah. a lot of our young people who are driven in that direction. And we, we I remember once hearing someone saying what is it that these children are going through for them to want to commit suicide and that's i just see that as you know lack of knowledge because we think that um challenges are just for the, the older folks who have to pay bills and rent and you know they have to take care of the family we don't realize that children in their own little space the the devil wants to kill them too he wants to destroy them too, and whatever he he, he sees, he's going to use. And sometimes they feel neglected. They feel as though mommy or daddy doesn't love me. They feel they're bullied in schools, you know, and so many different things. And, and with, with those challenges that come in their space, they respond. And just yeah. as an adult would respond by, you know, suicide, a child will respond that way too. And so it's for us to know how is it that we meet those young people. And similar with issues that we mentioned, you mentioned that your issue was poverty. My issue um, was, you know, wanting just that, that ideal family that I saw. But God didn't allow that. And I thank him that he didn't, you know, looking back and seeing how he has trained us now. But those are issues that young people are facing right now. And they're depressed. You were you were in a situation where you're like, oh Lord, could it be different when you saw your friends? When I saw my friends living a particular way, you had that desire for something better. What the people who we would call the the people, those who are fortunate, are more fortunate than us. The young people today are facing those very issues, and they want to know, okay, how do I deal with that? How yeah. do I deal with that? I remember a story. That we, I don't remember if we were taught the story or I, I, I read it, where the young man, he, he was, is a black boy 
and he was surrounded by white children and he had never seen himself. And then finally they gave him a mirror and he looked in the mirror and he was like, who is that? And they said, that's you. So he was like, this could never be me, <laughs> you know, because he thought that everybody around him looked like him. So when he realized that he was a black boy in the middle of white people, he was distraught because he couldn't believe that this is my life. And that's the thing that a lot of persons are facing today. They, they, they see themselves a particular way or they, they, they have a particular experience and feel that this is normal. This is what everyone goes through. But then when they meet someone whose story is different, they think, no, something is not, they, they don't connect the dots. Something is not right here. And so we, we have to, to, to get, because we want to be able to reach all people, you know, yeah. and we, we see differently. We, we think differently. But then when it comes to the word of God, there's no seeing differently and thinking differently. It's one mind. Yeah. And that's the mind of Christ. And so if we can, because it was the same thing with me as with you. When I, you know, started seeking God, I started to see differently. When you started seeking God, you saw your situation differently as well. And so that is the key. The nation needs Jesus or children need Jesus. I want to thank you so much, Isabel, for taking the time out to share with us today gems from your childhood and what you have learned. Yes, I enjoyed it. I loved it. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, take us out in prayer. Okay, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to lift up our children before you. We ask you, Father, that that love that you have for them, Lord, that they will see it so clearly, Father. Even at that young age, Father God, we, we, we mistreat them so much, Father God. We can talk down to them so much, Father. But at the end of the day, you love them, oh God. Hallelujah. You have a plan for their lives, oh Father. I remember even one that we, you took home at age eight, Father God. You showed her your plan for her in all those eight years, Father God. And she experienced you. Father God, so we know that, Father, there is life in our children. There is a whole life in them, Father God, that you need to intervene into, Father God. Some of them are not saved. Some of them are filled with demons, Father God. Some of them, Lord God, have been going through so much abuse and hurt, Father. Oh God, but you are able. Your, your love is stronger. Your love is an overcomer of all sin, Father God. And you, Lord Jesus, have a plan and a purpose. And I pray, Father God, that you will spread across this nation and the world with your love for your children, Lord God. Father, meet the parents with wisdom and understanding how to love, how to care, what to say, how to guide, Father. Lord, I pray, Father God, that you will just move in this podcast, continue to speak, Lord, continue to send forth your truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.
For your copy of this episode of Roadblock, visit our Sunrise with Jesus app or you can download on iTunes. And don't forget to give to our ministry. Your donation will help us to expand and bless more homes just as you have been blessed. God loves a cheerful giver, so go ahead. Giving is only a click away. Visit our app and click on Give. Until next time, rejoice, feel the breeze, smell the roses, smile with your neighbor, and walk on, warrior.